So you've got a great idea, but first you have to sell it to your boss, your team, or even your consumers. We dig into how to put storytelling to use for you and a special bonus. You're going to learn about the musical stylings of Iron and Wine in this episode of Marketing Mouse. Work, 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 work. It's a rule around here. You work hard, play hard. I have eight different bosses right now. A big pardon? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. What do I work late? You work late. But I made the appointment two months ago. I'm here. Fresh off the lips of health marketing experts, this is Marketing Mouths. And now, here's Bill Klaproth. Taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. Mm-hmm, that's right. Welcome to the Marketing Mouse Podcast, episode number 10. As you know, many marketing professionals and hospitals are overworked and understaffed. And in the fast-paced, hyper-competitive world of hospital marketing, it can be hard to keep up. So our mission is to bring you marketing, PR, and social media experts, IT pros, and other guests with information and insights to help you stay on top of your game. With me today is Eric Harris, the founder of Gather Round. Eric started Gather Round after his experience in brand and agency-side marketing leadership roles exposed him to a frightening phenomenon, the pervasive reliance on presentation software for communicating and attempting to sell an idea. So Eric and his team invented and now teach the campfire method for presentation training. And today we're going to talk about the campfire training method and using storytelling as a tool for internal and external marketing. Eric, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Before we dig in, can you fill in the blanks on your career? How did you get to where you are now? And let us in on your personal life. What's fun for you in your off time? Yeah, you bet. So uh, what's fun for me in my off time, I'm a father of two kids. I love to be outside with them. That's the my, my most fun memories of the last few years or just in outside activities, however that might be. We could be outside grilling for all that matters, but uh, uh, fun to go hiking. We love to take the boat out, and it's just, you know, my little family of four trying to get outdoors as often as possible. My career has been always on the marketing communications end of the spectrum. Uh, I have, I started my career as a creative director uh, working on the creative product. I learned pretty quickly that I wanted to swim upstream. And after a little amount of time, I jumped over to the client side of things. I worked for a, a large uh, multi-unit restaurant chain that has Hut in the name and uh, really enjoyed my time there, but then ultimately decided that I wanted to come back to the agency side. And I've always thought the uh, the skills that it takes to be on the agency really revolve around the idea economy, where what it takes to be successful is to have ideas, to execute ideas, and to sell your ideas. We call this the idea economy because it takes three abilities to succeed in it, and that's the ability to have, make, and sell your ideas. Uh, having, of course, you know, you have to be seen as the source of ideas. Uh, making is a requirement in today's economy. Uh, We're asked to execute the ideas that we have often flawlessly. Uh, But then this third dimension of selling ideas is where it gets really tricky. And over the course of my career, I learned that uh, I had a unique ability to help others see value in the ideas that my team and I created. 
Okay, so when you talk about uh, sell value, is that where storytelling comes in? Why storytelling? Why storytelling? Uh, there's a pretty simple explanation for that. and it, it Really, stories are how ideas have been transferred from one person to another for as long as humans have existed. Uh, the When you think about the way that information travels, uh, it it leaves one person and arrives at another, usually framed by some sort of context. Now, the most powerful ideas, the ones that really take hold, are the ones that are framed by narratives. Uh, there's a big difference between someone coming to you and saying, I have this idea, do you want some? Uh, or someone coming to you saying, listen, we live in a world where it's hard, but there's an option, and that option is this, and will you join me in it? And there's, you know, there's different patterns, different ways that stories have motivated audiences. Uh, but since the beginning of time, uh, telling stories, it's how, it's it's how people have been successful communicators, especially when it comes down to motivating other people. So hence the campfire method. When you think of the campfire, people are all sitting around the campfire telling stories, right? So. That's kind right. of where you got the campfire method. So let's dig into that a little bit more. You've developed the campfire method for presentation training. What is that? How does it work? Well, the campfire method really revolves around four criteria. Uh, we teach a curriculum that's based on your story, your audience, your environment, and yourself. Uh, writing a great story is central to this because what we want to be able to impart on our clients is the ability to craft a narrative that unfolds for their audience uh, and pulls their audience in like a magnet to your idea. Uh, your audience is the second criteria. Uh, really, you know, we're it's our perspective that you don't develop a great story without a great solid understanding of your audience. And that's something that's often overlooked in a presentation setting. Uh, there's way too many leaders that show up to a presentation without a baseline understanding of who they're talking to. Uh, we see it all over business all the time. And so we've developed tools to get to know your audience better before you show up to that presentation or that meeting uh, and, and attempt to persuade them with a story. Uh, your environment is the third criteria. And this is uh, basically what we teach here are the tools to take everything that's not you and leverage it to reinforce your story. Um, so a lot of things that people don't really think about when they're walking into a presentation setting, like what are the lights like in there? How big is the TV? Uh, will I use it? Uh, what about the AC? Is it loud? Or can I? Uh, do I need to use speakers? Do I need to use a microphone? Is there a podium? If there is, will I use it? If not, why? Is there a stage? So the, all those different questions about uh, what's going on in the atmosphere where your idea will be delivered. Uh, and then finally, the fourth criteria is yourself. Uh, many presenters walk into a presentation without even so much as a baseline on their skills and their weaknesses. Uh, winging it happens way more often than anyone would care to admit. Uh, standing up in front of a room and assuming that you know what you're going to deliver without having rehearsed it uh, is way too common. And, uh, you know, these presentations are happening in 
little micro facets all over a company all the time. And so knowing your presence and how persuasive you are and can be uh, it really helps you capitalize on what makes you you as a presenter uh, because that's how stories are told authentically. So in a healthcare setting, marketing director has an idea that they want to sell through to the CEO. So you're talking about four steps, know your story, know your audience, uh, understand the environment, and number four, uh, understand yourself and what you bring to the table. Is that right? That's right. So then you were talking earlier about selling ideas. Uh, have an idea, make an idea, sell an idea. So that all fits into that as well? Absolutely. You know, the idea is really, it's a tricky thing because it's not a car or a pen or a rug. It's a, it's something that doesn't exist. It's cerebral. It requires something of the audience to imagine themselves in it. Uh, you know, and it's pretty easy to imagine yourself in a new car. Therefore, it's a different challenge to sell a new car. I'm not saying it's easier. It's just different. Uh, to sell someone an idea, in other words, to get them to buy into something that doesn't exist, you're asking them to do more than transact. You're asking them to align themselves with a belief that you have or uh, a purpose that's higher than uh, the transactional. And so, you know, asking someone to buy into your idea requires a completely different framework. Okay. So going back to your story, audience, environment, self, the selling value through the selling the idea, is that your story? Is that number one? Your That all fits into block number one? Yes and no. So the idea is uh, ultimately what you want your audience to understand, to think or feel or do differently or to join or become a part of, right? Uh, let's say my idea is I want to revolutionize the way that uh, healthcare providers uh, approach employment. So the way that our talent in this industry uh, sees themselves at work and sees the role of their job at a company or at a, at a system, a network, right? Uh, that is a pretty big, hairy, and audacious goal. It's a, it's, a, it's a big challenge, and it's a big idea. Well, how can I weave a story around that idea? What does my audience think about that idea? What am I trying to get them to change from? And what am I trying to get them to believe as a result of hearing this message? And, you know, the, the underpinning on the campfire method, if, if this sounds familiar to anybody, is, you know, this is a, uh, it uses the analogy of marketing strategy to help you succeed in presentation. Because there's a reason why marketing strategy is marketing strategy. It's, it's built, it's designed to change uh, beliefs, habits, and perception. And so is that not what a presentation is? It's a, it's a marketing opportunity. It just happens on a different scale. You have an audience. Uh, they're either captive or they're there voluntarily, just like a marketing audience. You have a medium. That's you. Uh, you have either a product or a service. That's your idea. And so your challenge becomes to write the story or the campaign around what will get your audience from the before to the after state, meaning what will get the audience from their current state of mind to understanding what the world is like after your idea takes hold. So it sounds like you could use this for outside communications as well? 
I mean, can you use this as an advertising vehicle, the campfire method? It is based in the same fundamental approach. Uh, and as you know, as our company has uh, grown over the last few years, what we've learned is that a lot of our clients uh, join our brand, join with our company in order to first improve the way they tell presentations or the way they, I'm sorry, let me back up. A lot of our clients work with us with the initial goal to improve the way they present. Then after learning about the campfire method, they realize, oh, hey, we could actually apply this to some of our external communications. And there are a number of clients that are on our roster today that started as presentation training uh, and then eventually became uh, marketing uh, storytelling clients for that reason. All right, Eric, what if someone comes to you, a healthcare marketer, and they're trying to promote a service line and they want to use storytelling or the campfire method? How does that work? What would that look like? Well, I would start by organizing their thoughts into four different categories. And once I really got a handle on those categories, uh, my team and I could really start to write the narrative. But uh, probably the best way to illustrate this is to demonstrate it. And if you don't mind playing the role of this this client, then we can practice. I would love to. Please. Let's role playing here. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. uh, okay, great. Well, so then what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to put this into a formula that we call the movie trailer. And the reason why we use the movie trailer is because it works. There is no better medium okay. uh, for converting people into uh, believers, into your idea, than a movie trailer. Because when you think about it, you're sitting there in the theater, the lights go dark, the green screen comes up, and it says the following preview has been approved for all audiences. And then what's the first three words that, that you hear? The announcer says the first three words are the same for every heroic movie trailer. He says, in a world, right? <laughs> it's that, it's that, that right. guy that's probably, world. he's probably 42, but he sounds like he's 75 <laughs> and has been smoking for 82 years. Right. In a world. And, mm-hmm. and he says, he proceeds to kind of unpack what's difficult about this scenario. And that's our first category. It's the setting. The setting uh, are the cultural and environmental factors at play that define all the other variables in your storyline. This could be macro or microeconomic data. This could be uh, consumer data, patient data, what's happening in the healthcare industry. But this is in a world where things are happening. Okay? Now, that's bucket one. Okay. The second category is the subjects, because the next thing the announcer says, it's hard to be a citizen in this setting. So imagine if the setting is or Gotham City is under attack. Well, now we describe the subjects. Now, the subjects or the citizens of Gotham City are having a really hard time. And in the movie trailer formula, subjects are usually restless. They're usually uh, antsy or agitated or maybe even scared. You know, it's, it's hard to be a subject in this setting. So in a world where it's hard to be someone who participates in it, and that tees up our third category, which is the options available to the subject. Options available, for example, to the citizens of Gotham City are to trust the police department, but that's not attractive because they're corrupt. 
run and hide, uh, probably be found and killed, or we could stay and fight and probably be killed. So the options available to our subjects are bleak. They're bad. They're not attractive. And uh, in writing a great storyline, it's okay to get bleak here. It's okay to kind of pull your audience down into the dirt uh, and remind them that life before your idea uh, kind of sucks, right? And finally, that tees up the fourth category because there is another option that we didn't know about until now, and that is the hero that saves the day. So in a world where... Uh, Crime has risen to new heights in Gotham City. It's hard to be a citizen. It's hard to even walk to work. Uh, it's hard to take the subway. So what are my options? I can trust the police, which has proven to let me down. I can stay and fight. I can run and hide, none of which are attractive. Thankfully, there's Batman, who's here to save the day with his super strength and super speed and, uh, you know, cunning and... Uh, all of his toys, right? So at this stage, the hero, this is when you describe the your hero, what's going to save the day, your idea, and the superpowers that your idea has. Uh, what is it about your idea that will help rescue the subject? So uh, back to the real-life example. So yes. uh, can you give me an example of something that... Uh, someone in the healthcare industry would bring to the table as an idea. So our new cardiovascular center. Great. Great. Okay. So let's start with the, uh, we always recommend starting at the end and working your way backwards, by the way. Mm -hmm. So start with the hero, start with the cardiovascular center. What makes this a great idea? It's a one-stop shop for your heart. Love it. That's, that's the cleanest description of uh, a superpower I've ever heard. It's the one-stop shop for your heart. So our new cardiovascular center is a one-stop shop for your heart. So let's back up. What options exist today for your heart health? Well, right now you may want to see your primary care physician who refers you to a heart expert at another location who sets you up for a test at another location with some kind of new technology. So there's a lot of time and travel involved. It's not very convenient. Great, great. Okay, so the the option available today puts a lot of uh, inconvenience, or it's inconvenient to uh, the end user. Uh, so while it might be the experts and the latest technology, you're having to do all the work to combine them, right? right? All right, so we need to make sure we record an issue where our subject needs rescue and cannot be saved by the current set of options. So we need to identify a problem that can't be solved by organizing our own team of specialists and the latest technology. Right. I'm thinking about that. So what problem am I experiencing that makes me restless? Let's see. What is the problem? Well, the problem is, is one, um, just getting them to go to the doctor, uh, not knowing yeah. where to go, what, who to turn to for heart health, um, not paying attention early enough in their life to uh, specific factors, their numbers, their blood pressure, um, their cholesterol, their other numbers that are really important, as you should know, as you age. Um, they just don't know it. And maybe they don't care. That's great. 
That's perfect. So basically what we're saying is I've got a life to live. Who has the time to organize all these specialists? I'm trying to live the life that I have, not spend all this time quantifying it or or shoring it up by meeting with different specialists and entertaining their technology, right? It's a mm-hmm. there's a there's a convenience factor and that's what this one-stop shop solves for me. Okay? So now you mentioned some uh, kind of macro health factors earlier when we were describing life for the subject. I think those belong in the setting of our story where uh, we are we all participate in a world where exercise is decreasing, fat, calories, and other you know not so great diet mm-hmm. habits are increasing. Uh, the sedentary lifestyle is on the rise. So these are the macroeconomic factors and the, the kind of the macro health factors defining how our characters participate in this storyline. Okay, so I like that. When you when you put all that together, right, and you read it the right way, it says in a world where diets are getting worse, exercise is getting less, and the sedentary lifestyle is on the rise. Uh, citizens of the U.S. are, as they age finding that they're frustrated about their heart health. Uh, but who has the time to put together a team of specialists and all the technology to make their heart diagnosis and, and healthcare planning uh, available to them? Well, thankfully, there's the new Cardiovascular Center, which is your one-stop shop for heart health. Fantastic. So what we did is we just took... Yep all of the disparate data about this project, about this idea that you have, right, which is a very, very good idea. And you knew it was a good idea, but now you have all of the tools that it takes to convince someone else that it's as good of an idea as you know it to be. And you did it by organizing it along a storyline that is not only uh, familiar, it's something that we see every time we go to the movies, uh, it's not only familiar, but it's relatable, uh, and it's something that you could say to someone on an elevator ride. Absolutely. It really boils it down to what's important, and it's easy to understand. It's not very complicated when you do it that way. And, of course, when you're telling a story, right, it, it, stories are easier to understand than facts and figures and statistics. So when you lay out a story like that, it's easier to follow, and that makes a bigger impact. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Is that the campfire method in a nutshell? That is a big part of the campfire method. Uh, More than half of our training sessions revolve around the ability to distill your information into a cohesive, uh, relatable storyline. And so that exercise right there is integral in what we do in writing a story. And so that's really uh, of the four criteria that we talked about early on, knowing your story, knowing your audience, knowing your environment, and knowing yourself. What we just did was a big part of knowing your story. Okay, got it. That makes sense. So that's in that first bucket. So this really can be used in a variety of methods. In the first description, I, or the first idea, I talked about the, the healthcare marketer talking to the CEO trying to sell an idea. Uh, two, we just went through how to potentially put together a cardiovascular center service line at a hospital. And three, I would imagine internal communications with a staff as you're selling your ideas to the staff, this would also work as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting the 
uh, workforce to understand the value of new initiatives that you're rolling out in an organization. Uh, we're working with a uh, large uh, healthcare system right now on that very thing, uh, helping the many members of the workforce, regardless of their role, to internalize uh, an initiative with some consistency because it's framed by a common narrative. And that narrative is so important, having that common narrative uh, that everybody can understand and knows it, so important. So you kind of close that narrative gap then. You bet. Really great. The Campfire Method, Eric Harris, the founder of Gather Round. Eric, thank you for talking with us today. This has been fantastic. But I'm not done with you yet because now it's time for the Marketing Mouth's Wheel of Questions. It's the game show marketers prefer two to one over the competition. <laughs> All right, Eric, here we go. Um, step up to the wheel. Give it a spin. We're going to spin it three times for three different questions as we wrap up our podcast today. All right, step up to the wheel and give it a spin. All right, here we go. Good one. Good one. Going around. Okay. Oh, here it is. Here's our first question. <laughs> How do you feel about putting pineapple on pizza? I'm all for it. My favorite pizza topping, toppings combination is pineapple, chicken, bacon, and jalapeno. Seriously? Really? Oh, really? Yeah. That question hardly comes up. And when I get to ask it, I have a pineapple pizza lover. <laughs> nope. Really? That's it. me. Uh, you got to have the sweet and the heat. The sweet and the heat. You're a walking tweet. I love it. Somebody tweet that out right now and and give Eric Harris the credit for it. Okay, Eric, step up to the wheel. Give it another spin. All right, here we go. Okay, another good one. Here it is. Coming to a stop. Okay, this is one of our favorites. If you were stuck on a deserted island and could bring one thing, what would it be? A favorite movie, a favorite book, or a favorite album or CD, and which one? I'm going to go with the album. Uh, oh, I like it. I get a lot out of music, and my Desert Island album would be The Creek Drank the Cradle by Iron and Wine. The Creek Drank the what? <laughs> the Creek Drank the Cradle by Iron and Wine. Okay, Definitely an me. obscure beardy flannel hipster album from about 2001 <laughs> and it's just a dude and his guitar and sometimes a banjo and it's super simple and it's just a reminder that you don't need much to make great music wow all right this is a you're we're getting a great picture of you eric pineapple on pizza <laughs> bring the sweet and the heat and iron and wine okay gonna have to check uh that group out all right, step up to the wheel. Give it one last spin. Here we go. Okay, here we go. All right, coming to a stop. All right, here we go. Finish this sentence. Throughout my life, the most important thing I've learned is... Oh, boy. That's a really tricky one. <laughs> Throughout my life, the most important thing I've learned is... Take care of people, and they will take care of you. I love it. Great answer. And it's Great. so true, right? You kind of get what you give. So if you yeah, take totally. care of people, they're going to take care of you. 
Yeah. See that's that? It. Great and answer. Uh, and and you know, it's not take care of people so that they will take care of you. It's just take care of people, and you'll be taken care of if you do. True. So you get satisfaction when you treat people well, when you do random acts of kindness. Actually, the person that gets a lot of benefit out of it is the person that does the random act of kindness and is treating people well. So that's proven. Eric, great answer, and thank you so much for your time today. Okay, how can we connect with you? How can someone learn more about Gather Round? So we are uh, a modern company, even though we we teach uh, methods that have been around for millennia. Uh, you can find us online. Gatherround.us is our URL. That's gatherround with two R's in the middle, .us. And uh, you can learn more about the campfire method there, uh, as well as we do welcome anyone at any time to send an email to campfire at gatherround.us. Uh, that's our general info line. And we're there, we're there to entertain questions and uh, talk about workshops. And... Uh, and yeah, you can visit us on uh, Facebook at uh, slash the Gather Round Agency, and we're on Instagram at Stories Stick is our handle. All right, Eric, and thank you again. This is the Marketing Mouse Podcast, brought to you by Doctor Podcasting. Reach new consumers through informative podcasts featuring your doctors and healthcare staff. Learn more at drpodcasting.com. I'm Bill Klaproth. Email me, bill at drpodcasting.com with guest and topic suggestions. You can also hook up with me on all the socials. And I leave you with one of my favorite marketing quotes from Larry Weber. People don't want to be sold. What people do want is news and information about the things they care about. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Mouse Podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks again. Thanks again.